Welcome to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Alex Terranova. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. Now, Alex, what is a performance and success alchemist? It's a good question. Um, So I don't know if you're familiar with alchemy and I don't know how many of your listeners are, but alchemy is an ancient process in which they tried to turn ordinary metals into gold or precious metals. And I think that's what I do with people. We, I think we are naturally beyond ordinary, but because of our conditioning, because of, you know, the childhoods and the challenges and the traumas we've had, um, because of our culture in many ways, many of us have settled for ordinary, fine lives. We've become very reasonable and live very, um, you know, kind of follow and tow. And if when people work with me and, and what I do in my own life is really try to free us from that. How do we take this ordinary and make it into gold? So how do we bring greatness or enjoyment or pleasure, joy into our lives. Cause so many of my clients are very successful. So you'd think they are gold, but they're actually not in experiencing the gold like life or that great, fabulous life, even though you would have thought that they would have earned it already. So sometimes things happen, even though someone is successful in one area of their lives, there's another part mm-hmm. that they have undeveloped. They're undeveloped in that part. So they've told themselves a story. Is it a part of what you do is helping them re, uh, rewrite the story? Yeah, I think there's multiple pieces to this. I think first we, we do have to unpack whatever the story is, the narrative that we say about who we are, where we come from, what's possible for us. I think, especially for men, a lot of men, you ask a man what they want and you get like blank stares or you get the obvious like money or a better job, bigger house, but you don't really get the desire. Like what's all that for? So I think, yeah, we have to unpack all that narrative. And then I think we have to create the space where people can remember how to dream again. We all dreamed when we were young. We all had all these things we wanted to do. And none of them were about money when we were real young. It was about joy and pleasure and excitement. And then I think getting people to that place where they can actually start saying, you know, I I would really like to do this. I would really like to create this. I would really like to experience this kind of life. And then I, I think my job is really to help them cultivate what kind of man or woman would you have to be to create that and that's really where I think we, that's when it gets fun. But I, I do would agree with you that we do have to work on the, the past stories. You, you're so right about, you know, we, we used to, as kids, we had such a joy in creating and dreaming. And then becoming adult, we think about other things. And it really drowns that creative part mm-hmm. out of us. And that's life. (laughs) You know what I think happens in a lot of ways is when we're young, 
fear doesn't exist fully in the way it exists yet for us as adults, right? We get scared. Obviously kids get scared. I don't mean that it doesn't exist, but kids aren't worried about, you know, bills and all the things that might go wrong and what's going to happen with the economy and, you know, all, all the things that adults think about. And I think one of the things is as children, you know, depending on what they've gone through and the experience they have and how much privilege or opportunity, you know, some kids get introduced to a hard life, like real fast, right? Their, their parents don't shelter them from that. And that dreaming ability, that possibility ability goes away. It becomes about protection, safety, you know, what can I get? What can I hold on to? And that, that's not possibility. That's not dreaming. That's a scarcity fear-based mindset. And I think, unfortunately, most people are running around with that, with that type of mindset. And when you think about fear, fear shuts everything down, makes nothing possible. When you get into possibility, when you get really excited, when you get inspired, all of a sudden everything's possible. So I, I really believe we have to get people into the experience of feeling really good, feeling really excited, feeling really safe, and then have them look at, hey, what's the target? One of my, one of my favorite examples is if we were running, if you or I were on a track and we were running, and I spend most of my time looking at you, you're going to win the race because I'm not actually focused on where I'm going. And I think that's what so many of us do. We're focused on what we're afraid of and what we don't want to happen or what might happen. So in that metaphor, it's like we're looking behind us, we're looking on our sides. And instead, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We need to be focused on the thing that we want. Yeah, because if we're focused on what we don't want, it becomes bigger and consumes mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah. We like run right towards it. Yeah. And what was it in your life? I know you've had probably multiple things you've had to overcome in your life, but what was one of the most um, difficult things in your life that you had to overcome and you had to put some of these things in practice? I know even if you didn't realize it at the moment. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, there were, I had, learning disabilities and a lot of challenges with learning in school, but I don't even think I was aware back then. I was just compensating and trying to figure it out. I think as really as an adult, um, the biggest thing was walking away from my career. I was in the hospitality business, opening restaurants and bars for about 16 years. I was really good at it. I was pretty successful and I was miserable. And it was impacting all different areas of my life. And when you tell, you know, you're, you're in your thirties, you've never done anything else. And the idea is, oh, I'm going to leave this thing. The only thing I've ever known, I don't know how to make money in any other way. Cause I've never done any other way, but I'm actually going to choose my life, my happiness and possibility over what could go wrong. And, and I'll be very candid. It was not easy. So even though I did take that leap and jump, the first couple of years of starting my own business and going off on my own were rough, extremely rough. But I look back now, that was almost eight years ago, and it was the best decision I've ever made, even with all the challenges and all the pitfalls and you know all the, all the struggles and tears and whatnot that came with it. And what was the business you started? Uh, Dream Mason Incorporated, which is, I have, uh, I have multiple podcasts. I have a book uh, called Fictional Authenticity, which is kind of about my journey. I also coach people, individuals and companies 
on that journey. I mean, there's, there was a process, right? I didn't go right from the restaurants to that. But while I was like trying to figure out what to do, I got myself some training in, in the personal development space. I went through a year long leadership course, um, which helped me focus on communication, undoing mindsets, hitting goals, really being able to listen to people and hear what's in their way. So I, I did a little, little prep before I just leapt, but I went from when I left my bit, my career, I had no income coming in from this other space. I went cold Turkey back to zero and started over. So why didn't you quit when it was difficult in the beginning and just go back to what was most familiar? Mm. You know, one of the biggest, I think for me, and I, I would say for a lot of people too, integrity really matters. I think, unfortunately, we've gotten away from that in a lot of ways. And when I say integrity, I don't mean morals. I just mean the things I think, the things I say, and the things I do are in alignment. Like I have integrity within myself. And when I chose to leave and I chose to go on this new adventure, I, cho I really chose it. I like really created a commitment. And so for me, I, I don't think this is for everyone. I don't think everybody needs to burn the boats. But for me, I knew that if I didn't, if I didn't go all the way in, then I would use excuses and reasons and circumstances to get back out. So when you were a kid, where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles. Oh. And what were you dreaming of as a kid? Were you <laughs> dreaming of the restaurant? What were no you way. <laughs> No, man, I was a, I was dreaming. I thought I'd be a professional baseball player. I was, uh, I was, that was probably one of my first rude awakenings in life. I was a really good baseball player growing up. And then I got to high school and I had been one of the best all along. And I got to high school and got a real rude awakening on what competition and talent looks like. And it was, it's actually a thing that's, that's, uh, been an area of growth for me my whole life is I often, when I do new things, I start out kind of ahead I'm usually I'm usually a quick learner I start out ahead of people and then I'll coast on my laurels and just hang out and then everybody gets better and catches up and then I go oh man I'm not that good anymore and I, now I don't do that anymore <laughs> I've had to break that habit that doesn't work you know but I think a lot of us don't even realize we do those things right it took me till I was even when I started my coaching practice got ahead, got clients a little bit early, easily. And then all of a sudden was resting on that. And then other people that I was training with caught up. And I, and this was the, it was the first time in my life I didn't just quit and pick up something new. I was like, no, you got to stick with this. Put your head back down, get back to work, focus on the goal and stay in it and know that you can get better too. Now, when you were growing up, were you raised by your mom and dad? I was, I had, uh, I was, I feel really, really fortunate. I have, I have a, both of my parents, they're both still alive. Um, while they're not perfect, like none of us are, they were, they were very, very supportive, very, very caring. Um, and, and still are to this day. I, I feel really lucky. What is something that your dad taught you or you observe him doing that you still have with you today? Mm. My dad is the hardest worker I've ever seen. Like, man, my, my mom used to say that if we got in trouble, my dad would dig ditches to keep our family like going. And my dad's been a serial entrepreneur. So if I could say I learned anything from him, it's the serial entrepreneur piece. 
that when he, he would just keep, he'd create another business. He'd, he'd run it till maybe it, it's time was up and then he'd create another one. And while I don't believe hard work is the answer to all success like he does, I actually think I learned a lot about hard work that you can apply that while he works hard all the time, I know how to work hard when I need to because of him. So what is the mo- one of the most transformational stories uh, that you've helped someone uh, with? And of course, you don't have to use names or anything, sure. but uh, someone you've helped and uh, that was a real, I mean, giant the leap in their lives. Yeah, there's a lot, but I'll actually tell you about one that happened. The whole leap didn't happen this morning, but my client shared it with me this morning. So this client started working with me about six months ago and we're coming up on the end of this six month. And we were talking about what's happened, what, what, what they've created. And they said, you know, when they started, they were essentially drowning in their business. And the main reason they were drowning is they didn't have confidence in themselves. So they couldn't go get the clients they really wanted. They also didn't have that confidence in themselves that they lacked didn't have them stand up for their boundaries or their prices. So when a client they had said, I want a better price, they, they would, out of fear, lower their price to keep that client happy. They would take uh, on projects that maybe they weren't really set for. They would also, if something went wrong, they would just harbor all of it. They'd kind of take all the blame for it because they didn't want to upset any of their clients. They have clients on both sides. They're kind of like the middleman. And they just in four months in they got the biggest check they've ever received and what they shared with me today was i never would have been able to do this because i never would have been bold i never would have stood up for myself i never actually would have believed that my business and i was worth what i get paid and i'm providing value to these people and so that now i have boundaries and if somebody doesn't want to pay me i actually let them go and know that the client that i actually want will respect that and we'll honor that. And the funny thing that happened, which I love, is when they stood up for themselves to the client that was being difficult, what they actually shared was not only did the client renew with them at the rate that they wanted, but they tripled the project and gave them a referral. Wow. Isn't that something when we recognize our self-worth and mm. it sounds like he was you know, diminishing it and curtailing to certain things through fear and often you know when fear runs us we'll capitulate easily Mm -hmm. and you know that's not good for us in the long run yeah it also the way it looks to our children if you have you know if you have children that was one of the big questions what's the impact on your kids the way that you're showing up right it's it's so much more important i think than just the business success and what they said was you know, they've been relating to their kids as that they need to build them up the way they've been built up instead of realizing that, hey, they're actually further along than they were when they were kids. They've actually upped the like pedestal or platform that they're on, that their kid gets new experiences and better experiences, but only if they show up as a parent to own what they've earned and what they've created for their kid. True. It's like, building a legacy because mm-hmm. what your parents your parents may get to three or four but you can stand on their shoulders and go to 10 mm-hmm. but the difference when your parents for whatever reason if they don't 
you don't have anything to stand on. You might have to start on zero and that doesn't really bode well when each generation is starting at zero. Yeah, it's really well. I, I love the, the idea of, I, I picture a track in my head, like a running mm-hmm. track and people that grow up with a lot of privilege start at the normal line. And there's not a lot of ops. There's not as many hurdles to jump over. There's still hurdles. Cause we all got stuff happens for everybody. Sure. But when we, you know, if we grow up poor or, you know, if it's, you know, in a, in a, maybe a single parent household or there's all sorts of situations, right? Race, class, all, all sorts of different things, education levels. I think it, it, the, those, those people happen to just simply start further back. They don't get to start at the normal start line and their lane has not only hurdles, but it has potholes and people running through it. Mm. And, and yeah, and I love how you said that. It's like, as we elevate ourselves, the next generation that we produce or that we support get to run in a lane that might be a little bit cleaner, safer, more enjoyable, still has its challenges, but more possibility. True. And you have a forthcoming book called entitled how dreams are built. Do you have a date for that yet? I don't have a date. It has been a monster of (laughs) it is. So what it is, is it's, I've, I've had multiple podcasts, but one of my podcasts, the Dream Mason podcast has been around for, I think, four years, about 230 episodes. I think I'm, I don't have as many as you do, but I'm catching you. Um, <laughs> and what I did was I've had some amazing guests. And so I've, I kind of compiled all the gems and the wisdom from that show. I don't actually have guests on that show anymore, okay. but I compiled all the gems and wisdom from that, that. like the first 200 episodes and we're putting it into a book and then I'm writing a little bit more about each of the people like what I learned from them so I'm excited for it but it's it was an undertaking oh yeah wow what a beautiful concept uh so that's gonna be really good I know once you you know get it out there so (laughs) good luck with going through all of that material (laughs) (laughs) it's close We're, we're pretty close I would say you know our goal is is to have it out this year and right we're eight months into this year. So by the end of the, this year, my hope would be that it would be out and people can grab it on Amazon. Okay. That's not bad at all. Not bad. And you uh, have a co-author, you redefining masculinity. Yeah, that was, that's actually a really fun project. Eight men wrote this book together. So a former client of mine, it's his book. And he asked me to write one of the chapters Um, And so each man wrote about their unique experience about finding their masculinity, uh, what it means to them, how it's helped them or hindered them. Um, That was that was definitely that was my first experience writing about that topic. And now I I actually I want to say work with a lot of men on on their masculinity and how it's empowering or hindering them. And how are you on social media? I am on Instagram, Inspirational Alex. I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Terranova. Facebook, Alex Terranova. Yeah. What is your one to grow on? What valuable Mm -hmm. piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Hmm. So I think more so than anything, experience is everything. If you make all the money in the world and you're unhappy, what a waste of money. If you have win all the trophies and all the awards, but it's like never enough, 
or you're, you know, you just need another one or you don't actually appreciate yourself and what you've done. What a waste of all that hard work and effort. I think that in life, we've been duped a little bit to think that the results is what matters the most. And I think it's the experience that matters the most. And I also think that the experience creates the result. So if I'm having a better time, I'm probably going to spend more time doing that thing. If I'm getting excited or inspired or motivated by something, if I'm on an adventure, it feels playful and enjoyable and there's connection and relationship, I'm going to be more focused, more committed, um, and more disciplined. And so the likelihood of me getting a result is even more so than if I'm struggling and dragging myself through it and forcing myself. So what I really encourage people to do is figure out the kind of experience you want to have and then start creating that and start bringing that into whatever's important to you and watch what happens. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflournoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.